what to do, what to do. I just, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you, Jesus, for subjecting yourself to your creation, feeling what we feel, going through what we go through, touching with humanity at the corest of levels so that you can relate to each and every person who's here or who's watching. Jesus, you're so amazing. I just invite you to continue doing the work that you've already started doing. Let each day be better and greater than the previous. Not because all the circumstances and all the things in our lives line up, but because your presence is with us wherever we go. And your presence increases because we decrease. Give us the boldness, faith, and the courage to surrender more and more of ourselves to you. Because you can do amazing things with a little. And you can do so much more with so much of us. In Jesus' name. If you're new here, we're so glad that you're here. This is not an ordinary service, um, and we love it because we love it when God shows up. And I hope that God spoke to you. Even if I say nothing else, we can really just go home and be like, all right, that was amazing. Um, but we'd love to connect with you if you're new, if you're here for the first time, just uh, text Odyssey to 79,000 or fill out the connection cards. Um, our theme for this year is uh, this concept of kingdom. And every year I said last week, we kind of surround around a word uh, that we you know, kind of use as a filter for whatever we're doing. And I'm not going to go through the words that we've used up to now. You can watch it online from last weekend. But this 2019, we're focusing on this concept and this word, kingdom. Because Jesus spoke more about the kingdom than he did about salvation. He spoke more about the kingdom than he did about heaven. Kingdom is a huge, amazing concept that we don't fully grasp or fully understand because we we allocate kingdom to an old-fashioned, old-school era. And so a lot of the Christians, even, when we talk about kingdom, it's like this, you know, something. And we don't fully know what it truly is. And so with this kind of series kicking off this year and, you know, and, and moving through the, through the year, we're going to be using kingdom as a filter for everything that we're doing and um, even through scripture reading, like, I love it. We have, like, 66 participants reading through the, the Bible with us this year, chronologically. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's awesome. And we're all in one group. And so, um, like uh, Courtney said, as you can see, people talking about it, asking questions, being frustrated. You know, some people read ahead, and they're like, ah, why am I reading this Bible? And those are fine Things. It's fine to doubt. It's fine to ask questions. It's, it's good that if you've never had questions, they arise. Um, but specifically, like I'm reading through this thing and I'm reading through this concept uh, through the lens of the kingdom. 
because there's so much said in Scripture on the kingdom, and a lot of things that, that we won't fully understand unless we understand what kingdom is. Uh, Jesus, let's look Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and um, just, 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 just read this. Matthew chapter 4, 17. From then on, after Jesus got baptized and after he went to the wilderness, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And what the word repent means is to, is to change your thinking. It's to turn around from where you've been going and pretty much go the opposite. Switch gears. There has to be a shift. Another definition of repentance is to get back up on top to get a higher view, to get a bird's eye view. And what Jesus is saying is repent. I'm going to be doing some things that you think you nailed, but I'm going to show you and I'm going to teach you that you have not nailed it. Repent because the kingdom of, of heaven is at, at uh, the kingdom of, uh, of heaven has come near, which also indicates that when something is near, it means that it is reachable. And other translations actually say that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. So if you see this water here, it would be appropriate for Jesus to say that the water is reachable. The water is at hand. But many of us, when we think of the kingdom and all the things that God says, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. And we're like, okay. Yes. But Jesus preached that is the good news. That is the good news of the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and we read this last week. And we're going to read it throughout the year because we need to really have this ingrained so that it shifts our schedule. It shifts all the things that we do. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. And what we read last week was he said that the pagans... That the, that the world searches after all these things like wealth and housing and food and drink and clothes and appearance. Jesus is saying that all the pagans seek after those things. And, and he's basically doing a contrast that you're seeking those things. But when you step into the kingdom, you're not going to be seeking after those things. You're going to be seeking after the kingdom. And then he says, and all these things that you were seeking previously, they will be provided for you. And some translations say they have been provided for you. Powerful, powerful thoughts. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. Kingdom simply means a king's domain. 
kingdom is a place where there is a king and there are kin. There's a king who rules and reigns and there are subjects or people. The kingdom of God is the rule of God in the hearts of man. A lot of us, we want Jesus to save us, but we don't want Jesus to reign and rule over us. And what Jesus is saying throughout Scripture, salvation is good, but he doesn't even say seek salvation. He says seek the kingdom. But in America, we're all about seek salvation, seek salvation, and those are great, but people miss kingdom, and when you miss kingdom, then the question arises, what do you do with salvation? I got saved, now what? But the beautiful thing about this phrase that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, is this, when you seek after the kingdom, you bump into the king first. And when you bump into the king first, the king saves you as the entry level to the kingdom, to his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and everything will be provided for you. I'm telling you that if we don't grasp this, if we don't chase after what this means, like when we're reading scripture, even right now, you need to be asking God, reveal to me what your kingdom is. Show me how do I chase the kingdom? How do I seek after the kingdom? See, in scripture, kingdoms were very common, so the Bible doesn't define what a kingdom is. It just assumes kingdom mindset. And so all the things that Jesus talks about, there's like four or five parables about the kingdom of God is like this. A kingdom of God is like the treasure hidden. A kingdom of God is like the seed. A kingdom of God is like this. So he's just giving all these examples. And in our Western world, we're like, oh, okay, he means heaven. No, he does not. He doesn't mean heaven. He means the kingdom of God. And we don't understand the kingdom of God because we don't live in a kingdom. We live in a democracy. And our system of government is that we want to have a say in who leads us. We come to, like the United States, we apply for citizenship, we vote, vote in our electives, senators, state representatives, presidents, Congress. We do all this voting and we feel like we have a say in it. And the kingdom of God, or even any kingdom, is the, almost the complete opposite. And what we do is we, instead of moving and shifting our mind into this kingdom thinking, we take Jesus and, pre, and, and take him into our thinking. And we treat Jesus like he's the president. Oh, Jesus, don't tweet that. That may offend somebody. Oh, Jesus, I don't like that. Can you don't, don't do that again? Oh, Jesus, here's what I really want to see in my life. This, 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 and this. Oh, Jesus, where you been? What's going on? 
Like, we have taken Jesus, and, and like our representatives, we have subjected God to our demands. Like, for example, we say, God, heal us. Heal our body. Heal our mind. God, heal us, right? But we don't subject our body to his lordship. Jesus rules and reigns over his domain. And like with our country, you can just go in and go through your proceedings. With the kingdom, you have to be invited in. You can't just show up and say, I want to be part of this thing. You have to be invited. And because Jesus is king, he has an invitation to each and every person who's willing so there's no discrimination. The only discrimination in Christianity is that you have to go through the king. That's the door through the king. And everyone enters through that door. Because Jesus was born king, he claimed to be king, he died a king, and he will come back as king. Kingship is not something that someone just tells that you are. You have to be born into it. When the wise men came, they weren't looking for a baby. They were looking for a king. Think about that. Kingdoms are not, kings are not elected in kingdoms. There's no elections there. There are no votes there. And I'm not talking about like the kingdom of God. I'm talking about in general, in any kingdom. There are no elections. There are no votes. There are no debates. There are no oppos opposing parties. The king's wishes and the king's will is law. You don't get a say in it. And the king's will is simply declared whether or not anyone likes it. There's a story... Um, I think it's found in Daniel, but it's, it's about Daniel. Remember the story of Daniel's, uh, Daniel's den, uh, the lion's den, Daniel, and he was thrown in and stuff. And remember, he was really like, like uh, close-knit with the king. And then they had some schemers in the background who's, who were trying to uh, get Daniel away from the king because Daniel was influential. Daniel was actually living in the kingdom of God to some extent because he was influential. He was influencing the, 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 the king. And so they schemed this whole thing up to say, hey, king, decree that if someone doesn't pray to you, or some sort of story, you're going to have to read it. I'm not going to tell you everything. But the idea is that decree this so that if someone prays to someone else than you, then, then, then they, will be, they will be killed or whatever the consequences are. And so they worked the king where he said, sure. So then the king decreed it. It became law. And then the dilemma was that they found Daniel and brought Daniel to the king. And the king's like, oh no, Daniel. And the king realized, I've been duped. I've been tricked into decreeing something. And now the king cannot say, never mind, just JK. That was a JK. For you older people, joke. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, you are so hilarious. Um, 
And so what the king had to do was to say, Daniel, I hope you pray to your God and that your God saves you. Because the king could not go back on his word. Once it's spoken, it becomes law. So, um, you know, and a, a king personally owns everything in his domain. King chooses those who will be citizens of his kingdom. And the kingdom's glory is in the happiness and the health of its citizens. Just a few little things. Next week, I'm going to talk a little deep. I'm going to give you a little bit cliff notes of what we're going to talk about when it comes to the kingdom. We're going to talk about that all kingdoms have a king and a lord, sovereign, territory, which is domain, constitution, a royal covenant, citizenship, subjects, law, acceptable principles, privileges, rights and benefits. The kingdom, all kingdoms have code of ethics. All kingdoms have armies. All kingdoms have commonwealth and social cultures. And just like with natural kingdoms, when Jesus was talking about kingdom, all of this that we're going to talk about next week in more detail, it was common knowledge. And so Jesus was writing on common knowledge, and the writers of Scripture were writing with the common knowledge of what a kingdom is. Now, I just want to, I just want to say that, that we believe that there is only one King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus. When you get saved, it's not just a ticket to hell, so, or a ticket to heaven, because that would be weird. But when you get saved, what salvation truly is, what a Christian life truly is, it's that when a person f- comes from under the power of darkness and steps into the king's domain, which is the kingdom of God, and, and subjects himself or herself, surrenders their will, their life, their emotion, their resources, their energy to the king of kings and lords of lords and says, Jesus, you are my king. How can I serve you? How can I please you? I offer everything I have. It's yours. For us, that seems a bit weird, but in the kingdom, that's what happened because the king owns everything. No wonder the Bible says in Psalms that that everything belongs to the Lord. Every cattle belongs to the Lord because he is king. And we did not put him on the throne, and we will never be able to take him off the throne. He's there whether you like it or not. Our God is king. Our God, and I love this because he's the king of the universe. He is a king and ruler. He is in charge of the universe. When was the last time you lost sleep because you didn't know if the earth is going to circle back around to see the sun? You didn't have to. Why? Because the king got it. And he is the king over creation. He's the king over the universe because he is the creator of the universe. He's the creator of the cosmos. He's the creator and king of nature. Now, I want to, I, I want to show you something in Genesis because we're reading through Genesis and, and as I saw this, this was like brilliant because like I said earlier, we're filtering everything that we're reading through this concept of kingdom, kings and kinships and all this beautiful language that, 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 that is going to revolutionize our lives. I promise you that. And, and, and when I saw this, I was like flipping out. Like if you would have walked in, you'd be like, no more coffee. Just done with coffee. 
drink water, son. I was flipping out because it was so, like, so amazing. So, so um, Genesis 1, let's just go because I, I won't be able to do it. So, <laughs> let me ask you this before, before we hit Genesis 1. Who would like to be under a king? Who would really like to say, I want to submit myself to a king? What about King Jesus? Because the question that you're saying is, well, I would submit myself to a king. Depends. If it's a good king, then yeah. But if it's a bad king, and in history we've seen a lot of bad kings who were devastating and destructive. But to a good king, everyone would subject themselves to. Because, the good, because a king who is good is concerned about its, uh, their uh, subjects and about the people and about the welfare of the kingdom. But as I was just like, like thinking like, okay, God, show me what's, what's a great image of kingdom. Like, like what, what can we see? Because I know a lot of this talk is the kingdom is at hand. Jesus came to redeem something. Oh, that's pretty cool. What did he, came, what did he come to redeem? That which was lost. Well, what was lost? Kingdom. Watch this. Genesis 1. Remember what I said? A king speaks and in the kingdom, things happen. Things align themselves. They move. When you pray for the sick and you're in God's kingdom, God works things out where when you speak things, miracles happen. When you speak things, things align that naturally could not align. When God intervenes into the situations, things happen. And the perfect picture of what Jesus is redeeming is found in the first chapter of Genesis. And we started our reading plan a week ago on the 1st of January, and we're all reading through Genesis. We're like, we already read through Job and stuff, which is, yeah, well, not finished through Job, but you should join it if you're, if you're not part of it. But watch this. I'm just going to highlight a few of these things because this is what happens in the kingdom of God and Jesus being our king of kings. Watch. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. You're going to take notes because I'm going to go fast. He created the heavens and the earth. Verse 3 says, and... I want you to see something. Verse 3. And I need, you, I need you to change language so you can see what I'm talking about. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay. Pause. Hold on. Pause. 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 Go back. Go back. Go back. Now, I want you to take God out and replace it with the king. Jewish people, actually, they address God as king. Even when they pray before they eat, they say, your majesty. They lift God up as if he's king because he is king. And so what I want you guys to, to see is this. Instead of, instead of reading God, read this. And the king said, let there be light. And in the king's kingdom, there was light. He spoke and it became. Keep going. That's first commandment. First command. Verse 6, then the king said, let there be an expansion between the waters, separating water from water. And it was so. Second command spoken by the king, and it happened. Verse 9, then the king said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Third command that was spoken in the kingdom of God. Verse 11, then the king said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit. When you're reading these... This is not, he's not describing something. He is speaking it into existence. He's activating everything around it and it listens and obeys the king's voice. 
It wasn't working and the king spoke and all of a sudden everybody's going nuts because they're obeying the king. This is what we read. Then the kids that let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit with seed in according to the... And it was so. Fifth command, verses 14, 15. Then the king said, let there be lights in the expansion of the sky to separate the day from night. They will serve as signs for seasons, for days and years. They will be lights in the expansion of the sky, providing light. On and it was so. Are you catching? Are you catching this? Verse 20, sixth command. Then the king said, let the water swarm with living creatures. Boom, the waters come to life. Let the birds fly above the earth across the expansions of the sky. And God saw that it was good. Ooh, all of a sudden there's freedom to soar. Freedom for fish to be fish. Birds to be birds. Livestock to be livestock. 7 verse 24, then the king said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kind. You notice the language? It's not that God's just speaking into existence. He created the heavens and the earth, and he's speaking to the earth. Let the earth produce. You catch that? Let the earth produce. And it was so. Eighth command, verse 26 and 27. Then the king said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea or have dominion. And the dominion over the birds of the skies, the livestock, the whole earth, the whole earth. Did you catch that? The whole earth. And the creatures that crawl on, on earth Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. He created them in the image of God. He created them male and female. Eighth spoken command. Verse 28, the ninth spoken command. And the king blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. Ninth command. Tenth command. Verse 28, and the king also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on everything having breath in it. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. Because the king spoke, we are still swimming and walking and living in the king's creation later on he introduces the ten commandments but this was the ten commands in chapter one all good stuff because jesus is a good king he's creating he's giving he's showing he's sharing he's giving dominion he's doing all these amazing things for his creation and here Verse 3 introduces the questions that we all have in this world. Why do bad things happen? If God is all-powerful, if God is all-good, if God is all-loving, why is there so much pain, suffering, brokenness, hurt in this world? Either God's not powerful and he's weak, he can't do anything about it, or God is not good, God is wicked. He actually causes all the good and all the bad. 
I think this is where we really see the battle of the kingdoms. And I'm going to skip some stuff, and I'll, t- I'll talk about that tomorrow, but because I want to really get to the biblical answer for the, for the problem. The problem is not with God. When God was the king and reigned over chapters 1 and 2, it was good. It was very good. Things were flourishing. Things were productive. There was harmony. There was peace. He actually set up his kingdom that we call the Garden of Eden. And he gave us a glimpse to what was taken away and what Jesus came to restore. Are you catching this? Now here is where we first see this problem develops. Because when we read Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, we're going to read that one verse. If you can bring it up. Now the serpent was most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can eat from any tree in the garden? Here's what Satan's doing right here. He is envious that Adam and Eve, if you see this rug over here, pretend this is the kingdom of God, right? And Satan is out here, and he's envious that Adam and Eve are enjoying the kingdom. And what he wants to do, he wants to deceive them to pull them out from under God's kingdom. See, Satan tried to set up his own reign in heaven. And God's like... He wasn't successful then, but now he got an ear. And so Adam and Eve, I mean, I know we read this as a creation story, but through the kingdom lens, all of a sudden they're under God's reign, God's rule, everything's good. And Satan's like, I think you will do better if you had your own kingdom and you were king. And that created the kingdom wars that produce all the pain and suffering because there's wicked people who are ruling and reigning. But Jesus came to redeem that which was lost. The garden and what we see this unity with and the relationship between God and man and all these things happening, Jesus was saying is that you used to think that that was some day ago and you used to think that it's coming one day in the future God Lord willing and Jesus is saying repent change your thinking because the kingdom of God is not what you think it's reachable it's attainable And I command you to seek after it. They're catching. To me, everything in me is lost like blowing up. When you seek the kingdom, everything lines up. Now, Elena mentioned this earlier, and I just want to just read a couple of phrases. Forget Noemi to come up here, and during her song, we're going to do communion, and it's 12 o'clock in earth time. 
there's no time in kingdom time so there you have it <clears throat> if you see Jesus <coughs> as a savior you will come to him with your sin and if all you see is Jesus as a savior that's the only thing that you're going to come to Jesus with just God forgive me of my sin forgive me of my sin forgive me of my sin if you see Jesus as a healer you will come to him with your sicknesses so everything that hurts in your body but Jesus please heal me please heal me if you see Jesus as a deliverer you will come to Jesus with all your demons if you see Jesus as king you will come to him with your worship You will come to him, you will bow down to him, you will sing to him, you will give it all to him, you will surrender all of your things that you thought had value. You're going to submit it to his reign, to his rule. And I know some of this language may be foreign for, to you guys and, and I get that. Stick with us for the next few weeks. It's going to all kind of, if it's not clear, it's going to become clear, I promise you. But this is the message that Jesus brought he wants us to surrender all of our stuff and step into the kingdom that God has where God is king where we give him permission to rule and reign we submit we surrender all of our life to a good king and if you taste his goodness you will want nothing more Jesus is that good that he satisfies every dissatisfaction in your life King Jesus has so much resources that it would blow your mind. The only way you get there is if you, ha you have to surrender your resources to Him. You have to surrender your trust in yourself and just come before Him and say, I'm yours. This is why we wait for the King because we're here. We're worshiping King Jesus. It's not about the music. It's not about keeping time. It's not about making sure we sing the right songs. It's about coming here and saying, Jesus, let your glory fall as we worship you as our King. Touch us, Jesus, as we give you praise, as we sing your hallelujahs, as we drop all of our demons at the cross, as we ask you to forgive us, as we ask you to wash us, as we ask you to, clean, to cleanse us. As we ask you to become king and Lord over every situation, over every relationship, over every financial thing, over every decision, over my family, over my past, over my failures, over my future, over my present, over everything. Become king and Lord. Become king and Lord. I, I say this all the time because I believe it so deeply that you can hear this and it may sound good, but until you step into it, you have no clue. And it's good that you have no clue because no eye has seen what your king can do for you.